Welcome to the Root of Power podcast, where I teach you how to chase your joy, find alignment, and create a life and a business that you love using actionable methods, interviews, and inspiring stories from people who know that true freedom is found within. I'm your host, your always hype woman and sometimes ass kicker, Amanda Chills, and I am so proud of you for choosing to step into your power. Come along, we've got dreams to build. Okay, my love, I have put everything that I offer for free on one page so that we are not doing more work than we have to because why would we do that? Hashtag work smarter, not harder. So livemyhappyhealth.com slash free. You are going to find everything I've created for not only leveling up in your personal life and building a life that you love, but leveling up in your business life and building a business that you love. Okay livemyhappyhealth.com slash free. Love you. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to this week's episode. I am so grateful that you are here. And if this is your first time, hello. And if this is your hundredth time, hello. Um, If this provides any value at all to you, I would love, love, love. If you left a five-star review, that helps us get in front of more people. And by us, I mean me. <laughs> that helps the podcast get in front of more people. I have a dream of having a million impact podcast, which means it has positively impacted a million people. So if that is something you feel called to do, amazing. I will love you forever. Promise. Um, <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, Giddy just came to join. He likes to hang out when I film podcast episodes sometimes. Okay. So I was thinking about things that would be valuable, obviously, to do a podcast episode around because I don't want to do things that are not valuable, right? That would be kind of silly. And something that I work on so, so much with clients and something that has personally been such a huge um, shift in my own life is changing the language that I use in the way that I think and also in the way that I speak. Now, I'm someone who thinks in words. I know that not everyone does. Like some people think in concepts and sounds and colors. Like I don't I don't really understand that. That would be like fascinating to burrow into their brain like a little bunny and just like watch <laughs> watch their thought process, but I'm someone who thinks in words. So I have a running dialogue in my head all the time. Um Sometimes it's about bullshit. Sometimes it's, you know, problem solving a thing. But the point is that I think in words and obviously like we speak in words. So the words matter. And I cannot tell you how much time I spend every single session. And I do about 30, like 25 to 30 therapy sessions a week. How much time I spend every single week correcting language correcting language to be more powerful, to be more helpful, really, is what I spend a ton, a ton, a ton of time doing. And I will give you the same tools that I give my therapy clients. So it's a little different if I'm like sitting with them because I'm, if you imagine, there's kind of like four of me in a therapy session, right? So there's like me that's there, right there with them, present, listening to them, 
you know, hanging on every word they say, essentially giving them my full attention. There's like an Amanda that's floating above them sitting on a rainbow. So when I first meet clients, I tell them like, imagine a rainbow above your head. Every color is a theme. It doesn't matter what you talk about. It will hit one of those themes. Everybody's themes are their own, but many themes, but many people share themes like boundaries or self-care or trauma or whatever. So imagine Amanda sitting on a rainbow and listening for the theme. So if they're saying like, oh, like, you know, I really have this coworker that, that just will not leave my office. They keep talking, they keep talking, they keep talking. I can't get my work done. Like, okay, congratulations. We hit a boundary theme. We're going to work on that. Um, or if it's, you know, God, I really, really want to leave this job. Like it's soul sucking. I hate it, but I'm, I'm so scared to do it. Okay, congrats. That's another theme. Good, we can work on that too. So so Amanda sitting on a rainbow, hanging out on the themes. And then there's an Amanda kind of like maybe sitting behind me that keeps a running list of the themes and where I'm moving them to at the end of session. So I don't have any structure to sessions. I trust and know that whatever comes up, comes up for a reason. My intention is always, always, always for that session to be standalone, useful, for the client. So even if we never meet again, that session was useful. They got some positive shift happening. And then there's an Amanda that keeps track of everything they've ever said so that I can kind of just remember and keep an eye on. So so one of the things that I'm always doing is listening very, very closely for language. And most people really don't understand how powerful and how impactful language is on your system, on your life, on your future, on everything, right? Um, my work wife, my work wife had a habit of being very hyperbolic with language. And she would be like, I was devastated. I was devastated. That broke me. That fucked me up, whatever. And I'm like, okay, but did it? Like, did it, it literally devastated you? It devastated you. It ruined your life. It fucked you beyond repair. It went like that language is very intense. So if if what happened was actually like a three or a four and you use a level 10 language, your brain, your subconscious is going to go, oh, that was a level 10. Okay, well, I better act accordingly, right? You see and you've heard the phrase like people making a mountain out of a molehill. This is exactly what happens. The language amplifies and amplifies and amplifies. And pretty soon a molehill becomes a mountain. So something that was frustrating for five minutes now ruined your whole day. And they're the biggest piece of shit on the planet. And they never respect you. And they always take advantage of you and you, whatever, right? Now, that's not to say that, like, I don't ever use hyperbolic language. I'm human, and I've done this long enough that, like, I can also do it as a joke. So something I'm also correcting people on, and we'll get into the weeds with this in a second, but to just give you, like, a framework of how this permeates your whole life, something I also correct people on a ton, especially if they are not happy, Um especially if they identify a lot with anxiety or depression. I'm not saying that they have it. What I'm saying is they identify a lot with it. They'll they'll call everything anxiety. They'll call everything depression. They'll call everything trauma. And that tells your system that 
you are way more anxious than you actually are. You're way more depressed than you actually are because now everything gets attributed to trauma or depression or anxiety. Oh, I, I have a meeting. I'm so anxious about it. Oh, I, I have a conversation with a friend. I'm so anxious about it. Oh, I, I'm so anxious to drive 15 minutes down the road. I'm so anxious to make breakfast. And your whole life becomes clouded in this anxiety, but it's only because you're calling it anxiety. That language matters. Or people who buy, this is one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. And one of the most harmful things I've ever seen is like, sometimes I'll, I'll be in like Marshall's or TJ Maxx or Target, whatever, and they'll have mugs or um, like home decor that says anxious AF. And it'll have things like that. And that is so fucking harmful. Like that is giving you a complex that identifying with that kind of language is giving you a complex. So I spend a ton of time minimizing, intentionally minimizing anxiety, depression, trauma, removing that language from clients, everyday talk and correcting language all the time. So I'm going to get into the things that I see most often and how to fix them. But what I very much intend for you to understand is that your language will create a shift either way. It will either shift you to be more stuck or it will shift you to be more free. And the more intentional you are about your language, the easier and easier and easier it's going to be to break free of those old patterns that are no longer serving you and leave them behind. So this is also one of the ways that we heal anxiety and depression. So there are a lot of clinicians, um, doctors, whatever, like that believe you can't heal anxiety or depression and or trauma, like you'll just have them forever. They're your identity. It's kind of like being black or being white or being Hispanic or being gay. Like it's just who you are now. And that's not true. That is absolutely not true. You very much can heal anxiety, depression and trauma. Now, will you never have an anxious thought again? Will you never have a hard day again? No, absolutely not. That's not what, I, what I'm saying. Like, you're still human. What I'm saying is that you will no longer fit the criteria to have that diagnosis because the behaviors that were causing the problems will, will be gone. They'll go away. Language is one of the ways that we make that happen. Shifting your language to be helpful is only going to help you, right? Why would we use language that keeps us stuck and suffering and miserable that keeps us in a fixed mindset, meaning you don't think you can change. You don't think you can grow. That's a fixed mindset. When we have the opportunity to use language that fosters and cultivates and keeps a growth mindset, right? You would never look at someone and say, Hey, um, I want you to purposely intentionally say negative things about yourself all the time. I want you to intentionally say that nothing ever works out for you and that everything is a level 10, but like people do that all the time. Like you're probably doing it at least some of the time. And if you're doing it all the time, this episode is fucking gold for you because it's not okay. So, so let me kind of tell you, um, well, let me tell you a story. So before I started being very, very intentional about my language, it felt a lot harder to make progress. It felt a lot harder to really do anything to change because my language created my beliefs and my beliefs 
limited or supported my behaviors. So like if part of your language, if part of my language was that um, I'm too much, nobody will really love me if they really knew me. Once they get to know me to a certain point, they're going to be like, damn, you are way too much. This, this is absolutely not what I want, which had been a pattern in like romantic relationships. Or they would get to know me and be like, ah, yeah, like I, I like you, but, but not enough to like enter into a relationship with you, which was a pattern that I had for a long time. And so I started shifting my language around being too much. And my belief systems then changed because my language changed. So it shifted from I'm too much, which was installed in me at a pretty young age by a coach that I had. Um, my swim coach when I was growing up had this like complex with me. Like she really loved to call me obnoxious a lot, which was not helpful, obviously. Um, so it created a complex where like I had this language and this belief system around being too much and adults really don't like me and I, it's just too much, right? So once I started shifting that, that language into like, it's not my problem if other people can't handle me. Like some people can and some people can't, but that has nothing to do with me. And some people can and choose not to. And some people can't and choose to learn. Like that has nothing to do with me, right? I'm fine. I'm good. I'm golden. Now, are there things that like I can change to to grow? Yeah, sure, obviously. But like I'm not saying I'm perfect. What I'm saying is I'm never too much and I'm not too much. I am just enough as I am. And if people don't like me, they have bad taste. Like I can't do anything about I can't do anything about that, friends. So so I started shifting language around that and that made it so much easier to shift the belief. Now a belief is just a thought repeated and what are thoughts made up of? language, right? So when we shift the language, the thought and the belief become much, much, much easier to move. So that led to like so much peace around relationships and so much more trust around relationships. Because now I'm not activated and now I'm not operating from fear and scarcity. I can just be at peace and say like, well, if you want to be in my life, be in it. If you don't, don't. Like, that's fine. I'm good either way. So let's talk about the shifts. So when you get good at this, and it takes a minute to get good at, like that's that's obviously normal, right? Because you're you're learning a whole new language essentially. But the more you start catching it, the more you start catching it. These things compound and they build on each other. So even if you catch it one time a day, it'll be two and three and four and 10 and 20 and 30. Like you're going to get so good at this. And then you're going to start really noticing how other people speak. And you're going to think, oh my gosh, their language is keeping them stuck. And just by you shifting your language, you'll notice that other people start to shift their language. So I have clients, I'll do it for a few sessions. They'll start catching themselves. And that's beautiful, right? Because then you become a lighthouse. You become the light that other people are like, oh, damn, she's really onto something or he's really onto something. And they start shifting unconsciously as well because they realize that it's working for you. So that is a beautiful space to be in. So here's a, um, some of the ones that I see and and fix the most often. I have to or I need to. This is one of the most sneaky ones because it's so pervasive in English culture. I have to do the dishes. I need to do that. 
um, I have to run. I have to go to the gym. Da, 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 da. When you say I have to or I need to, your mind reads need to and has to as necessary for survival. So when you're talking about things that aren't necessary for survival, and most of us are when we're saying I need to or I have to, your brain reads them that they are necessary and you have to keep doing them because obviously you're going, if they're necessary for survival, you're going to die without them. So mind reads have to and needs to as absolutely necessary. So it will prioritize doing them. So if you're saying, man, I really need a cigarette right now. Man, I really need a drink right now. Oh God, I just need to tell this person off. I Your mind is going to make sure that that keeps happening because mind is reading need to as necessary for survival. Mind is reading, I have to have a cigarette right now. I have to have a drink to calm down. I have to go for a run, whatever. God, I just have to have a piece of cake. Like that, those things are not necessary for survival. Now, want to create something that you can shift. So that's how we shift that. I intend to, I will, I'm going to. That's how we shift that. The other thing about need to and have to is that it removes your power because think about that language, right? Like who's making you? Who's making you have a cigarette or a drink or do the dishes? I mean, maybe your partner wants you to do the dishes, but they're not putting a gun to your head and saying, do the dishes or you're going to die. Maybe you intend to go to the gym. You want to go to the gym. Um, you want to go to work. Oh, God, I have to go to work. When people say that, like, you can feel it in your body that it causes a deflation because mind reads it as necessary for survival for need to, especially for have to, it reads it as someone is forcing you, which then promotes the idea, the belief that someone has power over you and that that can lead to helplessness and helplessness leads to hopelessness. And if you've ever heard someone talk about their life and they really don't enjoy their life, their life, there's a ton of have to language. I have to get the kids. I have to go to the gym. I have to be a good husband. I have to be a good wife. I have to be in this relationship. I have to have this job. Like that removes their choice. You don't have to do anything except die someday. Everything else is a choice. And when you acknowledge that everything else is a choice, it always becomes your choice, right? I've worked with a ton of people who say, I have to be in this job. I have to stay in this relationship. No, you don't. You don't. You may not like the consequences of leaving, but that's not the same thing as have to. No one is forcing you to do anything. Again, you may not like the consequences of whatever the other choice is. I've had people choose to stay in jobs because the pay is good and the schedule kind of fits what they need, but the, the work culture is shitty. Like that's okay, right? Just acknowledge that you're making a choice there. I've had people stay in relationships because, because of finances. They, you know, it would be very, very difficult to leave because of the life that their partner helps them provide, like helps provide for them. Like that's a choice that they're making. And then once we acknowledge that that's a choice, everything else becomes easier because there's not this internal resistance to have to. So have to and need to are not helping you. No one is forcing you to do anything. Everything that you do is a choice. The only thing you have to do is die someday. Everything else is a choice. The only thing you need to do are things that are necessary for survival. So I intend to, I will, I'm going to, we'll shift that language for you. Here's one that I hear all the time. Well, I can't or I could never is immediately disempowering because why can't you? Well, I could, I could never stand up to people. I could never tell my mom 
that I need some space. I can never start that business. I could never start that hobby. I could never take a walk. Like you're going to make that true because your brain is like, oh, okay, well, if that's, if that's a finite thing, then there's nothing to do here. So I'm not even going to try. Now, a lot of the times this will protect people because if you don't try, you don't fail. And then we never have a negative, right? But the negative is missing out on things that you want to do. So I can't and I could never is also immediately disempowering because mind reads those phrases as someone has power over you. I can't set boundaries. I can't say that. I could never do what you do. I could never dye my hair. I could never have a dog. Says who? You're the person in charge of that. Now, maybe your work won't allow you to dye your hair. That's fine. But then don't say you can't. You could. You just don't want to get fired. Again, that's still a choice. So I can't and I could never. Your brain is going to prove those right because your brain hates being wrong. It hates being wrong. So if you say, I can't pick up that pen, it's going to do everything in its power to make that true. I can never get to the gym in the morning. Um, But quite literally, you have the capability to do that. You just don't want to, which is okay. That's not the issue. The issue is I can't or I could never. So that becomes, I used to, I will, I could, I'm going to, I intend to, of course I could, or I don't want to. I don't want to go to the gym at 5 a.m. is not the same thing as I could never. You quite literally could. You just don't want to. That's okay. Or there's barriers to me doing that and I can problem solve those. So that shift becomes problem solving, right? Because when you phrase it as, I would love to go to the gym at 5 a.m., but I really struggle to go to bed early in the morning so I can, or early at night so I can go to bed. Well, that just becomes identifying the problem to solve. Okay, then we need to solve your nighttime. Um, I would love to run a 5K, but my knees are really bad. It's like, okay, well, we can just problem solve around that. So it immediately puts you into a problem solving mindset, which is obviously much more helpful than just shutting things down. Oh, I could, I could never trust someone again to be in a relationship. Okay, well, you're going to make damn sure that you never trust someone again to be in a relationship, but that's not what you want. What you want is to be in a relationship. So we need to work on your ability to trust people. Need to, right? I just did it. It's so pervasive. It would be beneficial to work on your ability to trust people. Also, that's probably a need, right? We need other people to survive. So I need to, one of the ways to phrase it is also, it would be beneficial to. It would be beneficial to go to the gym and lift weights so that when we're older, we are stronger. And strength when you're older is way more beneficial than not having any muscle mass. Um, it would be beneficial to eat more vegetables. It would be beneficial to get seven or eight hours of sleep. It would be beneficial to quit smoking or quit drinking or quit doing cocaine on Saturday nights. Like, do you need to? I mean, maybe the cocaine thing. Yeah, like that might kill you for sure. Although drinking and smoking can also kill you. But back to I can't and I could never. I, or like I don't, right? That's kind of the same one where it's like, I don't trust people. That is a statement which your brain will make a fact. I don't like cats, which, sorry, Kitty. He's like, what do you mean, right? That becomes a statement. There may be some cats that you like. There may be some people that you trust. I hope there are. But your brain is going to make it an identity and make it a fact. I, if I say, if I say like, I don't yell. Well, that one is probably helpful, right? Because then my brain is going to go, 
oh, sorry, I have the hiccups. Because then my brain is going to go, okay, if I don't yell, what do I do instead? I speak calmly. So I can't, I can never, I don't. All of those become identities. And often what follows them is nothing that's helpful. Brain reads, mind reads those as disempowering. It reads those phrases as someone having control over you. And you are the person who always, always, always has control over your life. Again, you may not like the consequences of certain choices, but you are the person who always makes the choice. Your life is your own. So that can become, I used to, I will, I could, I'm going to, I intend to, of course I can, I'm working on, I would love to do X, but this thing is in the way, whatever. This is another, a lot of these are really sneaky, but as soon as you listen to this episode, your mind is going to start listening for them and you're going to see just how common they are. And then you're going to start reworking them. So we love this for you. I actually think I'm going to make a little download for this. So if you want to get these in like a PDF form, I'm going to create that. That's a good plan. I always and I never. The problem with that is you're making the past, the future, and missing the present. If you're saying, oh, I I always back down when someone wants to talk about something with me. I never have the confidence to speak up in a meeting. Um I always run away when something is hard. I always quit when something is hard. I never follow through on anything. That's a past pattern that you're making the future. You can change that at any time. Again, you're the person in control. So when you put the past in the present and make it your future, you remove the opportunity for change. That is a problem, obviously, because you're not static. You can change things. No one is forcing you to stay the same. Just because you used to do it all the time or you haven't done it yet doesn't mean that you can't stop or start, right? If you say, well, I never trust anyone. Okay, well, again, your brain is going to make that true and it's going to make damn sure that you don't trust people. But that's not because every single person on the planet is untrustworthy. It's because you're afraid to trust people because you're afraid you're going to get hurt. We can fix that. We can fix that. You can learn who's trustworthy. You can practice trusting them. You can do a hundred thousand things that are useful. So that can be fixed. Everything that you want can be done and can be fixed. So if you say, God, I always back down when someone comes to talk to me. Okay. You used to. I used to back down when someone would come to talk to me. I'm working on that. I'm working on being able to have clarity conversations. I'm working on trusting people. So this is this is the language shift, right? I'm working on changing. I'm working on this. I used to do this. I used to struggle to trust people, but I'm working on that now. I used to eat a donut for breakfast every morning and now I have eggs. I used to hate cats, which I did and I've always loved cats. I used to hate cats, but now I really like cats. I used to be so afraid to try new things and I'm working on that now. I'm working on trusting people. I'm working on trying new things. I'm working on getting to the gym at 5 a.m. And again, your brain, your mind is going to make that true because any statement you say, mind is going to follow through, right? I'm working on getting to the gym at 5 a.m. And your brain's going to go, oh, we're working on getting to the gym at 5 a.m. I'm working on trusting people. Oh, well, I better start looking for opportunities to trust people. I better start making that a reality. This is one that is very frustrating. And I know like a lot of my clients struggle when people say this. Well, like this is just who I am. This is just who I am. Take it or leave it. I'm just really blunt. I'm just so honest. No, what you are is an asshole. 
Um, but you don't have to be. You can change that, right? Your identity and your behaviors can shift at any time, whenever you decide. So you decide who you are and who you are is based on behaviors and behaviors can change. Okay. I used to be very tactless. Like I didn't really understand the art of like having tact and telling someone to go to hell in a way that like they enjoy the trip. But that's something that I worked really hard on and am much better at now. One of the reasons is because I'm extremely intentional about my language, extremely intentional. These are the things that like I have shifted that I help shift in clients and that makes life exponentially better. So the idea in the language that like this is just who I am does not benefit you at all. Okay, you can change to be whatever you'd like. I should have or shouldn't have. Okay, here is one that is so common and immediately shuts you down. So if you say, I really should go to the gym. I really shouldn't have said that. I should never have entered into that relationship. They should never have broken up with me. Um, I should never have said that to my boss. They shouldn't have cut me off in traffic. Your mind reads should as go ahead and do it, which of course is not possible because if it were possible, you would be doing it and you can't change anything about the past. There's nothing you can do about the past now. The only thing we have is now. Past doesn't exist. So there's nothing you can do about it. And since there's nothing you can do about it, and there's nothing you can do about anyone else's behaviors that is outside of your locus of control, that is outside of your little bubble of things that you have influence over, that leads to helplessness, which leads to hopelessness. So if you've ever, I mean, I'm sure you've used the word should. Sometimes I do it and I catch myself. But this is extremely common. When you get in that should spiral, when you should all over yourself, it feels helpless and then it feels hopeless. The other issue is that it perpetuates denial and not accepting reality. So if you say, well, they shouldn't have said that. Well, it doesn't matter what you think should or shouldn't have happened. It did happen and we need to deal with that. This is also one of the ways that I see people gaslight themselves. Well, I know I should be over it by now. I really shouldn't feel this way. I shouldn't be having this reaction. Okay, that means nothing, right? Again, because mind reads should or shouldn't as go ahead and do it. And that's impossible to do if it's in the past. You also can't force yourself to feel or not feel something or be over something. You cannot force those things. And because it's not possible to do, that leads to helplessness which leads to hopelessness. And then they feed themselves more hopelessness, more helplessness, more shut down, more stuck, more stuck, more stuck. We can completely avoid that by never saying should or shouldn't again. What happened, happened. They did what they did. You feel how you feel. When we're honest about what happened, how we're feeling, what we're experiencing, whatever, then we can accept it then we can do something about it. So if you say, I really should be over this by now, it doesn't matter what you think should or shouldn't, whatever, like you either are or you aren't. And if you aren't yet, but you would like to be, we can change that language. I would like to be over this. I would no longer like to feel grief over this. I would no longer like to feel angry over this. It's like, okay, well, that gives your brain a job. That is possible to do. But gaslighting yourself and shutting yourself down There's nothing you can do about that. And so mind reads it as, oh, well, now we're helpless because I can't do anything about that. It's not possible to do. So your brain will keep putting energy towards it and keep trying to make it happen 
but it will fail because it's not possible to do or to have done, which then leads to helplessness and hopelessness. So we want to put our energy on things that are actually possible to do. I intend to go to the gym. I would like to X, Y, Z. I'm upset that this happened, but it is what it is. Make sense? Makes sense. You guys are beautiful. Another one is try. I'm trying to be happy. I'm trying to go to the gym. There is no try, right? Yoda was totally right. Do or do not, there is no try. You don't try to pick up a pen. You either pick up a pen or you don't. Oh, I'm trying to let go of this person. No, no, no. You let go or you don't. Make a commitment. I'm working on being happy. I'm working on letting go of them. I am letting go of them. I am planning to get to the gym. I am doing this or I'm not doing this, which is fine. Again, make a commitment, remove track. Here's one that I see women do all the time is kneecapping their sentences. I'm just saying that I'd like you to X, Y, Z. I would just like an apology. I'm saying I would like you to do X, Y, Z. I would like an apology. I'm just trying to talk to you. I'm talking to you. I'm attempting to talk to you. I'm trying to talk to you, right? That's where try is like, it kind of makes sense because if they're not hearing you, you are trying to talk to them and they're not talking to you. I'm just asking for a favor. Well, I was just saying, just is absolutely kneecapping your sentences. So we'll go over these quickly again. So we'll just start from the bottom up. So removing just, so that way we're never kneecapping our sentences again. Stop saying try, just completely remove it. I'm working on being happy. I'm picking up the pen. I'm going to the gym. I'm making a plan for that, X, Y, Z. Should have or shouldn't have becomes this did happen. I would like to X, Y, Z, be honest about what happened. That way we can accept it and we can then release it, problem solve it, whatever it is that you would like to do about it. Removing this is just who I am. You get to decide who you are and that can change at any time, which is one of the most beautiful things. I always, I never puts the past in the present and makes it your future. That is not helpful to you. So I always, and I never becomes I'm working on. I used to. Kitty, stop it. Becomes I'm working on and I used to. I can't or I could never becomes I used to, I will, I could, I'm going to, I intend to. Of course I can. I have to becomes I intend to, I'd like to, I want to, I need to. I intend to, I'd like to, I want to, I'm going to, it would be beneficial to, it would be helpful to any of those things. So that is the list. I hope that this was helpful for you. I absolutely know that your mind will start scanning for these now. And when they come up, you will start shifting your language. And it is going to be one of the most, it is one of the most powerful things that you can do and one of the simplest things to do. Not that it's always necessarily easy, but it is quite simple to shift language. So when you get good at this, please, please, please send me a message and let me know how it is going for you. Um, but I already know that it's going to create massive positive changes in your life. So, okay. Love you. Hope that you do well. I intend for your mind to start scanning for these and totally calling them out. Um, and I just see such positive things for you. So more freedom, more energy to do things that are helpful, just compounds on itself. And I hope you have the most beautiful day.